Welcome to the Ride of My Life podcast. I'm Caroline Rena, and here, let the ride inside adventure begin. I will share what it's like on my own healing journey, and through what I learn and become aware of, provide insight to your journey as well. Hey everyone, I'm Caroline Rena, and welcome to the Ride of My Life podcast. And today I have an incredible woman with me, Sherry Dunlevy. I pronounced that correctly. And yeah. Sherry, I'm gonna what I'm gonna do with you is as usual. It's pretty similar to all the interviews I'm doing. It's I'm, I'll introduce you, and then we'll get right into our conversation with the with the questions. Perfect. So um, for uh, those of you watching. Sherry is a former NBC News anchor uh, who served in Wheeling, West Virginia area for nearly 30 years, both on television and radio. And today she is a best-selling author and inspirational speaker and the founder of the Graduating Grief Academy and an online support and online support community. And she is the host of the Graduating Grief Podcast. And her number one best-selling book, How Can I Help, was written to help people know exactly what to say and do when the people they love and care about are hurting. As a self-proclaimed hashtag, I can't even get, hashtag inspirationista, did I get that? Awesome. Yep. Carrie's <laughs> passion lies in inspiring and encouraging women to step beyond the pain of their past so they can step fully into living with purpose, passion, and joy. Thank you for being here, Sherry. <laughs> so, my, my pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, I'm going to be totally honest. Um, I actually went to school for mass communication. I learned all about radio and television and all that stuff, and I never really pursued it. So this is me getting kind of getting back into that, but being in the presence of someone who's been in that realm, for, for a long time is kind of, it's exciting for me. So I'm going to bring that excitement into this conversation. Wonderful. Yay. Wonderful. So, so Sherry, um, a lot of people are grieving. Mm -hmm. And um, I know you, you say that um, the work that you do, you're working with people who are kind of uh, learning how to work with their grief to move forward mm -hmm. rather than, than those kind of in the middle of the grief. Can, um, before I get into anything, maybe or maybe this question will help bring that out. I want I, maybe you can make it a part of it. But um, what kind of work do you do to kind of? Can you explain how all that works rather than working in that deep, you know, early grief as opposed to the type of work you do and, and what you? Well, first of all, thank you for having me on today. I appreciate it. I think anytime that we can talk about grief, it's it's a it's a good thing because we're so ill-equipped when it happens to us. And if we can make the conversation a casual conversation that's just open and honest, it, it just makes it easier for everyone. So first of all, let me say that. Um, the second thing is, is that's why I have the Graduating Grief Academy, because um there are those people that are in the throes of grief and um, in that deep initial pain uh, that they're not even sure what's going on. And so um, 
I have been one of those people who has sent some of my favorite grief books to these people. Um, and then I realized as I had traveled through my own grief journey in this past year that, oh, I forgot about the brain fog that hits and the lack of focus that happens mm -hmm. that you can't even read those books right now because um, you can't focus. So what I decided to do was take what I've learned in some of those grief books and I did a video series. So you can press play and you can hear a nice woman explaining what's going on and what it's doing to your body and help you work through some of those initial, but I, I don't work with people one-on-one. -on -one. I have a, a, a video series that's six modules in a workbook. So that's for the initial griefers. That's why I have it set up as an academy. But most of the people that I work with are the people that I work with one-on-one -on -one are the people who need to recover from their grief and set up their life reorganized in a way that they want to move forward now. Mm -hmm. And then that's the sophomore level. So we go from my grief journey to my healing journey to then the junior level, which is my transformation journey. And that's where we work on this because you're going to run into snags and you're going to backslide and you're going to need a little more handholding whether it's one-on-one -on -one coaching or it's in a community with other people who are trying to do the same thing. So we can fall, we can stumble, um, but we're not going to feed our pain. We're going to lift up and courage and help everyone move in the direction towards living on purpose with passion and reconnecting to joy. And then the senior level is your journey to joy. And that's workshops and trips eventually once we you know COVID now is is coming you know to an end where we can travel together for the pure purpose of just rediscovering joy again. Wow oh this you know what and I mentioned to you before we even started this conversation that's beautiful because um, I, I am in that kind of process right now and I totally totally and it comes and goes I'm in the place I'm going through kind of like this middle area of grief right now. Mm -hmm. Having gone back into it, we're, you're right, the brain fog, the focus, it's like I know that's grief because I've walked through the deep, deep mm -hmm. stuff over the past few weeks into recognizing that. And, and you know, I mean, bear with me because I might be in the brain fog right now. Right, right. So it's like, it's so um, important. And I just want people to understand how important it is because once you get through the grief, and that's what I'm starting experiencing for myself, is as you walk through that process and you get onto the other side of the grief, then you have the capacity um, to move forward into that love and the joy and, and, and transforming yourself. Right. And, you know, but sometimes you just got to sit in it. <laughs> And then allow it and, and sit with it and, and just let yourself, however you grieve, grieve, you know? I mean, everybody does it a little bit different. Right, right. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, they do do it a little bit. Every, you know, everybody is different and everybody's grief is their own. And you can have one family member who dies, but five family members have lost a completely different person, right? Yeah. I mean, because it depends on what our relationship was. It depends on what our situation is. And so you can't, you, you, 
it is personalized, mm -hmm. but I will say that you have to choose the healing. If you wait for the healing, you know, like I think sometimes we think, well, time will heal all wounds. Well, it won't, it won't. Mm -hmm. And, and the thing is, is that I try to encourage people. We don't know how much time we have. Mm -hmm. So if you're sitting here miserable, waiting for time just to feel, help you feel better, you're wasting precious years of your life, precious days, precious hours of your life. And I don't, and see, that's kind of what happened to me 13 years. Well, 23 years ago when I lost my son, but for 13 years, I really didn't deal with the grief. I didn't recover from the grief. I was kind of beholden to two myths that you carry your grief forever. And this is as good as it's going to get, especially after losing a child, you know, that you're never going to feel complete. You're never going to feel whole. You're always going to have this underlying sadness that you have to carry with you. Um, that was the first thing, but then, you know, you, you, uh, contradictory that time will heal all wounds. So like, well, what is it? Will time heal this or do I carry this the rest of my life? Please tell me, you know, because neither are working. And I think that that's, that those are the kinds of things that we buy into and we just keep waiting for it to get better or resolving to the fact that it never will. And it can because that's our responsibility even even in the midst of all of that it's like we're right for a reason i believe and mm -hmm. that reason is uh, in connecting with other people and and being able to be that person once we walk through our our stuff mm -hmm. that other person's um support or you know hold space for them through grief or you know whatever right. is going on um and you know i'm, I'm glad you brought up I'm glad you started to share about your about your story because that was actually the next question I was going to ask you. Um, if you could give a, a, a little bit of your story and you know what happened and how you got through it and got into this, and, you know, that would well, be sure. Um, Twenty three years ago, when I was on television, um, my husband and I, I was pregnant with my second son. And there were complications with that pregnancy. And um, eventually um, he was born and then he died shortly thereafter. Um, and um, it was a very, very difficult time for us. Here I was uh, on maternity leave with a baby that, uh, no baby, you know, to take care of. And so I think that I'm thinking, well, even though I had a three-year-old at home, I could have definitely been caring for I honestly had this like thought that I would be cheating the company if I took that maternity leave because I didn't have a baby anymore. And so I returned to work way too early. <laughs> you know, like we we do these things. And I think it's to try to if I can get back to normal as soon as possible, then this won't be so bad. But the problem is, is that you're in deep state of grief and there you there is no more normal as it used to be. Mm -hmm. So, and I know there are some people that hate that term new normal, um, but it, but I think you do have to create a new normal, a new normal for you. And that's what I help people to do. Um, some people where I think that you get stuck in grief is that you, if I can't have it the way it was and I don't want it at all, and then you make yourself miserable the rest of your life, where I had to be like, okay, 
I can't keep asking why, why, why. I have to start asking what now? What do I want now? And so I went on a journey very early on to try to help myself feel better. You know, I went to counseling. I had a wonderful supportive group of, of women um, I did a Bible study with. And I was even in a grief support group and those all helped to an extent. Mm -hmm. um, but it got to the point where I was in my grief group that it was, there were, I'm not a proponent of evergreen grief groups, grief support groups, because you have people that are in there for years, still coming every week, telling the same story, crying the same tears, staying in the same cycle. Mm -hmm. And after about a year, I told my husband, I can't go back anymore. And he, he was like, why? These are wonderful people. They are. But I want to start feeling good again. And I don't want to have to come every other Tuesday and revisit this deep pain. I just don't. And so I was thinking about this years later, when I said that to my husband and I was like, what, what did I need? What were, what, what were you ready to do? And I'm like, I was ready to graduate, mm -hmm. ready to graduate. That's what graduating grief is. I was ready to graduate the pain and suffering mm -hmm. and step back into living my life. But I needed help with that. And there was no one to help me with that part of it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's where I kind of lingered for 13 years. Right. Yep. I didn't have the deep sadness, but I still had guilt and I still had anxiety and I still had fear and I still held on to some things that I probably could have unraveled and let go had I known, you know. So fast forward 13 years from there, my three-year-old now is a 16-year-old ready to uh, enter his senior year and graduate high school. And I thought, oh my gosh, I'm losing my other son, but in a different way. Mm -hmm. And that's when I had to say, you know what I need, I, I found, you know, I had a friend that we had some conversations, a coach, and he led me to a grief coach that helped me do something called grief recovery. And it changed my life. It absolutely changed my life. I was able to finish the business of grief and yes. step yes. into life. Yes. And gave and it gave me back my life for 10 years, you know, now. And as a result of that, my life has opened up. I've started a business. I wrote a book. I got it to number one bestseller. I left my broadcasting career and started working as an inspirational speaker. I, you know, created the Graduating Grief Academy. I've started the podcast, you know, like all these things that I never would have done if I hadn't done the hard work and it is hard work. And sometimes I think a lot of people think it's too hard for them. They've already suffered enough. They just don't want it. And, and so if you don't do it, um, you're shortchanging yourself. And I think you're shortchanging the world because we need you. We need you and your gifts and your talents and your abilities. The world needs that. And um, if you've let your pain and suffering stop you, mm -hmm. uh, that's, that's a life that's, that's 
not well lived. I don't think that's just my opinion. No, you know, and I totally agree with you because I, I can, <clears throat> from, from trauma, from early childhood on, that's the type of thing that I'm kind of walking through the grief of letting go of the old me that I was. Mm -hmm. And it's not even a mind, a thought of how to do this. It's like in my body, like whenever I do right. my grief work and, and, you know, share, add on to, or whatever, what I say from my experience, it's been mm -hmm. like, you know, I'm going to crash. I'm going to go in. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do the dark night of the soul, cry on the floor, get it all out. But once I'm done, it's the weirdest. I've always noticed it, it like releases and it doesn't normally take that long. I don't know if it's just me or if that's a normal um, response, your, the body responding to the release. But sometimes like I literally look at the clock. I feel like on the, I'm on the floor for an hour and I get up and it's been like 10 minutes, <laughs> you know? So mm -hmm. there's something to that. And, and it, it, you're right. It is hard work. Um, and it teaches me how to learn to be there for myself and with myself, especially in times where I don't have someone there to hold my space. You know, right. that's pretty much what I've been doing my whole life without that kind of support. Lately, I've gotten more of that support, which why it is why I think it's easier. But that's why another reason why this is important for people, because I tell them all the time, you need support in some way, but you don't need somebody sitting there, you know, freaking out of, over their own grief that's stuck and saying, oh, everything's going to be okay and everything's going to work out and everything's this and everything's that because it doesn't do that until you you know, cycle through it, like, like you're saying. Right. Like, and it doesn't mean, and I certainly don't mean to um, mislead people thinking that you'll never have another sad day or that I never get sad over the loss of my son. I just saw a picture on Facebook today that triggered me of an infant, you know, um, all taped up and all, um, you know, on life support. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it triggered me and his birthday is going to be next week. So, um, it just means that my grief is not, a I'm not in that prison anymore. Right. I know I have the tools now to help me. So instead of that triggering me for a month, a week, you know, it triggered me at that moment. And then when I thought about it again, it triggers me, right? Mm -hmm. But but I'm not a prisoner to it. And the, the difference that I know between when I lost my son 23 years ago and last year when I lost Ben, I had a horrible year of loss last year. I lost my beloved dog who was like my substitute baby. Um, I lost my dad mm -hmm. and I lost my best friend um, from high school and college. She was my roommate. And as each grief chapter came, um, I just kept saying, I'm not okay right now, but I know I will be. Yes. I know I will be. And for now, that's enough. Just knowing that is enough to get me through this pain, to get me through this moment, to get me through this wave of grief. I'm not good now, but I know I will be. And that's enough for now. Does that make sense? It does, and I'm just giving this opportunity for people to sit with that, including me, because that's so 
powerful and profound. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's a lot of, there's so many layers to grief. Like the way you explained it, it was almost like this, this layer was coming up to the surface over the last couple of days for you to just bring it out and up into, you know, to, and, and transmute it or transform it or bring mm -hmm. it out of you. And the more that happens, the, the stronger we get. And for you to, for you to um, vulnerably talk about that here, that's, that's what I, I that's what, um, that's what keeps me going in, in these conversations because I want people to see the vulnerability behind the person who is doing the work, you know, and, and that for me was like powerful, so powerful. I mean, it, it got inside of me. I, I'm, I'm, you got me, but um, <laughs> so thank you so much for sharing that. I mean, that's not, that's not easy for some people to do. And I don't know how easy it is for you to, you to do it, but you did it in such a, a, a strong way that it, it really touched me. So I just wanted to say thank you for for sharing it like that. Well, thank you for holding the space. Um, but the whole point of sharing that is to say, you know, healing is possible and living a beautiful life is possible. And I'm living proof. I'm living proof. Um, is every day a cakewalk? It is not. I mean, my gosh. And, and you think about the last two years that we've lived in where all of us have gone through, um, grief in this pandemic. So any other physical loss or any other kind of loss that we've had on top of the loss of just our freedom and our way of living that we're used to living, okay, is compounded. So I would big, I, I, I just think that every single one of us is in some form, experiencing some form of grief, which is why you know, we need to do better, which is why we need to make this part of the conversation and which is why we all need to extend grace to ourselves mm -hmm. and grace to others. We are all hurting right now. Yeah, yeah. Some more so than others, but make no mistake, I just don't see how anyone came out of this unscathed. Mm -hmm. I really don't. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and that, that actually brings up a question that I that I didn't warn you about because you brought up a question. So I'm gonna give you a short background of my story because the a lot of the people who follow me are in that realm mm -hmm. and are going through grief of their children who have not died. Mm -hmm. So the story is of parental alienation. I don't know if you know or have yes. heard of that. And um, these uh, parents who are the non-custodial parents of children who, I mean, the best way for me to kind of explain it is that they were either lied to or not told the whole story. Um, the children were not told the whole story about that parent, so they start pushing that parent out of their lives. So these parents, for many, many, many years, have been grieving, to include me, over mm -hmm. the loss of a child that's still alive. And the main portion of society doesn't understand how this works because a lot of times they'll automatically go to the parent um, that lost the child and blame them. So there's a level of blame on top of that that they're you know that they're walking through. 
because there's, you know, they, they were either doing drugs or, you know, whatever. And there's, there's like different levels of this. So I'm not speak I can't speak specifically, but there are parents out there like myself who lost their children to this and they're in full grief, but they don't know how to grieve. And I just wanted to ask if you could kind of maybe give something to them uh, to let them know maybe how they can, or anybody who's gone through a loss that isn't necessarily a death, I guess is the same thing because we all have, we've lost our um, divorce, lives. Divorce, you know, a divorce yes, is a yes, loss yes. of the relationship yes. where yes. the person is still alive, right? Mm -hmm. And that's part of this, this whole scenario, but the right. person that they've divorced are actually the person that's caught in, 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 I don't know how to say this, they're the ones that are pro right. producing this situation. So the advice that I would have really truly is extreme self-care mm -hmm. um, and, and to really make yourself strong today when I was doing my meditation and my prayer I just kept saying you know I know my prayer should not be I wish life would get easier I need to pray that I get stronger oh, yes yes right yeah so that would be my advice is the extreme self-care and personal and spiritual development on your end to build yourself into the strongest version of you so that you're able to weather this storm. Um, how and, and, and the hardest part of all of this is the surrender because you can't have what you want. I can't have what I want, but it's physically impossible. But there's still that hope that you could have what you want, right? You still have that hope. And sometimes I think that, you know, when my son was on the verge of living and dying, that was the hardest part for me because I just wanted to know, am I going to have him in my life or am I not? And so I would imagine that parents like you live in a perpetual state of, I, am I going to have them in my life or not? And I would say that your hardest job is to try to build a life that you love as if you're never going to have them again. And then if you do, that is a bonus. That is even better, right? But you have to design a life that you love living now mm -hmm. because you, yes. you don't know if that's ever going to happen and that's out of your control. So it is a big big, big surrender. <laughs> and surrender is the hardest thing to do. I will tell you that surrender is the hardest part of all of it. And you're right, because that's like, that's what I've, like, I have, I have relationship with my children now. They're older. Mm -hmm. um, but I hear you. It's like, for me, I, I pretty much gave up my entire self my life over the past 20 so 20 so years I don't 22 years at this point I think um because I was so focused on when am I going to see them again when is you know whatever that and all this was going through my head it, and it's you can't it, it's almost nearly probably impossible <laughs> to admit that you're not going or the potential is there that you're not going to see them again and I remember just to, to share this hopefully this will 
help, but um, I went to see a therapist at the time, but this was closer to the beginning when all this was happening. And she said, but you're always with them. And I'm like, that didn't make sense to me. So at the time, now it does. Mm -hmm. I was like, I don't know what you mean. What do you mean by that? And she said, because all you have to do is close your eyes and here we go. <laughs> and connect with their energy and send them love. And, and just however you pray or whatever you do, connect with higher power or God or whatever you believe. It's like, know that they're being watched over, even though you can't do it. And if you're, a, what is it, atheist or, or agnostic or any of those, find your connection through the, through the ethers, I think. And when I started to do that, um, it shifted everything for me. I didn't, that, I wasn't even anywhere near going through grief back then because I was still having, you know, going through the problem and I couldn't connect with that yet. But that's what this grief work is about. That's what I've walked that's what I've had to walk through. And I just want them to understand that it's possible. It's just, it's almost like you have to just make a choice, just make a decision to live this life that you've been given and, and do the things that you've been brought to this planet to do and find right. those. And someone like, like Sherry, it sounds like it helped you do that when you get to that point, <laughs> you know, when you're getting past the grief, go to, maybe you can do these grief groups or whatever. I don't, I don't know for you. I know what worked for me. Um, and that's the, really the, the best answer that I can give. And, and I appreciate Sherry that you, that you offered that, that advice. I mean, sometimes we let our pain and suffering hold us back from living the life that we were brought here to yes. live. Yeah. See, my son only lived 29 days. So his birthday's coming up next week. And I do not think of my son as 20. He, he would be 23. That's putting myself in a torture chamber, wondering what he's looking like every birthday that I didn't get with him, yes. right? Mm -hmm. For whatever reason it is, I don't know. I don't have my child, okay? Mm -hmm. My child was supposed to be in my life for 29 days. Mm -hmm. He was supposed to be alive on this earth for 29 days and not a day more. Now, I can spend the rest of my life arguing and fighting against that and saying that it's unfair, which it is, you know what I mean? Like, and I could have everybody's support and sympathy and grief, but I would be stuck and I would move and grow no more from that point. But I could take what this has, uh, take this, accept it for what it is, not what I want it to be, but what it is. Mm -hmm and say, now, what do I do with my life? Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> what do I want for my life? Yes. That's the only thing I have control over. The only thing. Unfortunately, I think that many of us say, well, if I can't have this, I don't want anything at all. That keeps us stuck. Mm -hmm. That keeps us, you know, that can take us down some very dark places. And as being a faithful person, I didn't want to answer to God because I thought that I, that would be acting like a very selfish child. You know, how dare you? I didn't do anything with my life. What do you mean I was supposed to do something with my life? You took my child, mm -hmm. you know, or I could say, I don't understand it, but I know there's something here that I'm supposed to take and move forward with. So just let me learn what that is and let me continue to grow into the person who I was brought to this earth to be. Wow. 
Okay. <laughs> That's ah, now. All right. You know, I work with people who want to go on that journey for the people who want to stay stuck in the bitterness and the, I can't, I'm, I'm, I can't, I can't help you. That's why I tell people when you're grieving, you do have a choice and people in early stages of grief do not feel like they have any choice whatsoever. Mm. You know, yes. if you don't have a choice as to whether, you know, like you have your loved one back or that they died or they live, you had no choice in that. I understand that. The only choice you have to make is whether you are going to move through this and step back into your life and take yes. this and move and learn what you can from this and grow from this, grow through your grief. And this is where you always have a choice. The things that the thing, the mo the thing that you can control the most is here, this, this right here. Right. And that is your choice. You know, mm -hmm. so you're either choosing to control what's going to happen with the rest of your life or you're choosing to not it's that's even still a choice you know so right either way you're making that choice um so okay <sighs> this is getting powerful deep um so i normally and i warned you about this part um i like to share a little bit of the work that all of the people I interview do. So you're no different. <laughs> so what I've asked Sherry to do, and I don't know what it is, we didn't talk about it. So, you know, it could be really simple or, you know, I don't know. So Sherry's, Sherry is going to do a short process, maybe 10 or 15 minutes. And then after the process with me, and then after the process, um, I'm, whatever experience I have, um, I will share in the moment as I can. Now keep this in mind that I know what grief work is and I know how to work with it. And even talking, whatever this looks like, I can allow it to come up. So I'm just giving you a, a disclaimer here that if anything comes up and you start to feel, you know, feel it coming up inside of you, just either grab a blanket and wrap yourself around it or Find something that will help to self-soothe you, rock, whatever, whatever you can do to, to self-soothe if my stuff comes up, because a lot of us are empaths <laughs> and um, we tend to feel that in, in other people. So I'm just giving you that, um, that opportunity for this. So, okay, Sherry, I'm ready. <laughs> One of the things that I do, and this was actually part of a workshop that I, I love to do at the beginning of the year called a compass word workshop. Um, I do envision boards and I do compass words and we build vision boards off of our compass words. So let me explain what a compass word is. A compass word is a word that you select, like this is a great day. It's the, uh, we're recording this day after the beginning of springtime. So, you know, we're starting a new season. So like I usually do this at the beginning of the year, but starting, you know, from a new starting point, maybe your birthday and anniversary. So we'll just take the beginning of spring. Okay. So let's sit for a few minutes. And if you can't come up with anything right now, that's okay. But I like to sit in quiet and see what one word comes to me that I can use as my compass to carry me through this season. Um, for example, last year, my word that came to me was deliver. And I didn't understand that word. 
Um, but I was in the process of creating the Graduating Grief Academy, recording the videos, and, um, and then I had all these grief episodes. And I think it was, I want you to deliver this. We need this. We need this in the world. Look how much you're hurting. There's so many more hurting people. We need to deliver this. So the word that was delivered to me last year um, was deliver. And then the word that came to me this year was participate, which scared me more than any other word that I've had because it was, I feel the meaning was I was supposed to participate in not just the sadness of life, but in the joy and all of it. And it comes from all of it. And sometimes we hold ourselves back from parts of our life that don't feel comfortable to us, right? So this was yeah. participate <laughs> with other people, participate in those things that, you know, are new and scary, but yet exciting, you know, enticing, but you would say, oh, I don't know, I'd like to do that, but I don't think so. You know, I want you to say yes, I want you to start participating in this life that you're living, not just talking about it, but participating in it. So, so, you know, some people's words, I had a, a girl, her word was love. Another one was joy. So you, you, you spend some quiet time and you let a word come to you. And if, does anything come to you? It does. It actually popped into my head before you even started talking, but I wrote it down and I just okay. want to validate it when I shut my eyes. But I, the word that came up was rebirth. Rebirth. Yeah. Okay. That's very interesting. Okay. Wonderful. So I want you, um, how do you, what do you think that means? Do you have any idea of what you think that might mean? It's all part, I mean, I thought about the whole spring equinox thing. I looked it up this morning to verify when it happened and I did the same, you know, process mm -hmm. yesterday and today. And um, again, the grieving for me has been to release the old self and the only way to come out on the other side of the old self <laughs> is to mm -hmm. be reborn. <laughs> so that's what, and, and I just, that just came to me just now. That's what it's okay. like to me. Good. And I feel sometimes, yeah, the word will just come to you. So what I want you to do, so thinking of that word, and this is, this is the interesting part, because so what do you want in your life? Well, that's usually the hardest part for us mm -hmm. because we're not connected to a lot of times of what we want. What we're connected to is what we don't want. So I want you to tell me five things that you don't want in your life right now. Suffering. Okay. Uh, aloneness. Okay. Uh -huh. Oh, this one, these are hard because I've gone past the, what I don't want into what I do want. So I'm trying to think of what I don't want anymore. Um, well, we can just take these two, okay? okay? Suffering and aloneness. So we know we don't want to suffer anymore. 
So if we don't want to suffer, what do we want? Peace. Okay. And if we don't want aloneness, what does aloneness look to you? So what do you want if you don't want aloneness? Uh, um, connection, companionship, love, joy, which by the way, my middle name means. <laughs> Rena, okay. that's my middle no, I'm sharing. And Rena means joy. Wonderful. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> so <laughs> that's what I'm here to find is joy. Yeah. Okay. So peace, connection, companionship, love, and joy. Now let's take your word rebirth and how can you rebirth peace in your life when it comes to your health and well-being? See, we take these spokes, your health and well-being, your spiritual life, your um, family and personal life and your career and finances. So how do we bring peace into each of those categories? How do we rebirth peace into each of those categories? Again, this is like, I'm working, good timing, <laughs> I'm working. It's, it's that finding the peace within myself and that's where, you know, talking about grief and working through grief and releasing it, finding self-love, doing self-care, um, finding those moments of just being quiet and not doing anything, um, which is not easy for me, by the way. <laughs> for me. Uh, yeah. And stopping the world for a moment just to recognize who I really am, um, which I'm learning is love. And that's the thing that I'm, I'm learning how to put out there as well. So that to me feels like that. That rebirth. Mm -hmm. How do we rebirth connection? Rebirthing connection. It's, that's also kind of happening with me right now where I've been, or I haven't even chosen this, but there are connections with people, connections with experiences, connections with things that have occurred during my life that are actually being pulled away from me. And I'm pulling, and people are coming into my life that recognize me, that understand me, that, that can like be there with me as opposed to what I've what I've experienced in the past. And so that the rebirth into connection feels like these new people and experiences and, um, and the laughter and the joy come, coming with those experiences and doing things that I've been afraid to do in, in my past. Like the other night I went to a poetry reading and I read one of my poems. <laughs> It was scary, right? Oh my but God. It, my but was it not exhilarating once you did it? 
It was. I was like, that's where the whole joy thing came because I was like, this, my, my little girl again came out and she's like, oh, I did it. I did it. Oh my God. What did so I what, do? So what had to die in order for you to be reborn? Fear. Your fear had to die. Yes. Right? Yep. And I so continue to do that. That's just, that's, I'm in that process now of continuing to face those those fears and stepping out and doing it in front of people because that's right because I'm an isolator and I'm a <laughs> I am too I am too yep yep and so that's the process that I take people through wow let's find your word that you can connect with and so then you can you can use that word as your compass as to is this moving me towards my word or is this moving me away from it? So if you have a decision, if you're making choices, if you are feeling that fear or that anxiety or that guilt, is this leading me to, is, is this the, because your compass word is going to be leading you to the path that you should be taking mm -hmm. and should be following. Mm -hmm. And it should be in in, it should be congruent with the things that you want to call into your life and not the things you can't be rebirth and then feel, you know, aloneness and suffering. If you're on that, on that path of the things that you want to call in, do you see what I'm saying? Yes. Because then you're not, you're in, you're in opposition of it. Mm-hmm. So this keeps you moving. This lets you, this is your compass when it's dark and bleak and you can't see and you're alone and you have no clarity. This is your compass to keep you on that path towards hope and healing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I can see how that fits in really with, with, you know, the process I'm going, I'm working on right now. Um, mm -hmm. Because what I'm learning is it's not just me that goes through this. I know that it's not just me. And one of the things that I want to bring for me, want to bring out into the world is, is being that kind of role model to show that it's okay to do this work. It's safe, um, especially <laughs> when you have people supporting you. And um, it's also something that lead that for me leads me into who the truth of who I am. And then mm -hmm. it, helps me to express that rebirth, express, that's probably the word, not rebirth, but it right. helps me to express who I really am out into the world and to show others it's okay to do it, you know, right. and that's kind of, that's why I'm here, you know, and I think that's right. like, um, so let me, let me just say that what I did with you as part of the junior level, it's the, my transformation journey. It's not dealing with the immediate grief. The immediate yes. grief is something that is um, dealt with and, and the, the, the re recovery and reorganization mm -hmm. part, the sophomore level, um, that is where you do the real work that sets you up in order to do this work. You've done a lot of that, mm -hmm. right? Um, so <clears throat> I just wanted to show people what is possible, but, you know, until you've gone through the, the grief work, you really, you know, it's like this other stuff makes so much sense, so much more sense. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. Cause like, I mean, I remember when I was, when I was in it fully in it, mm -hmm. I didn't know these words were there. They're floating around, but I had no concept of what they right. were because I was feeling so, um, 
alone, lost, no direction, no understanding of who I am or what, what right. I want to do to help. I mean, I had an idea, but it wasn't, I couldn't touch it. And once, right. once the work was done, then I was like, oh, <laughs> it's like these aha moments peak up out of that, you know? Right. Um, it's because I think that grief, when you're in grief, it's like, it just hurts so bad and everything is so painful and you're like a raw nerve. And it's like, what do you mean? What do I want? I just want this to stop. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I just want this pain to stop. I just, I just, you know, like I can't even think of what I want right now, you know? So that's is where you have to reconnect and you have to get in touch with your emotions and you have to take care of your body and love your body and um, extreme self-care and extending grace to yourself, you know, and you're going to fall back into it. But here's the thing. When we do the, the, the grief recovery and reorganization, the tools that we give you are tools now that you have for any other grief or loss that comes up in your life. You now can use what you used here to help get you through it. So that's what I'm saying is the difference between losing my son and then having all of those losses last year mm -hmm. is that I am light years ahead of where I was before because I not only have tools, but I know how to use them. Yes, yes. And that's my favorite word because that's what I have a list of probably 27 tools in my toolbox that I use. Mm -hmm. I wrote them out because I, I, I want to, I'm, I'm sharing those also with either mm -hmm. my clients or people just in general out there. And it's so important to have these tools because like you say, you know, life's going to happen. We didn't come here for happy, happy, joy, joy all the time because then we wouldn't understand what that is because we'd always be in it. You know, I mean, you got to mm -hmm. have the darkness with the light. Um, and learning that and learning that it's okay for that. And I also wanted to say, um, you'd mentioned like the extreme self-care. And I just want to say to whoever is listening that um, for many, 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 many years, I didn't feel like I deserved self-care. And I'm going to tell you this right now, <laughs> you always deserve self-care, always. It's just... You just need to or get to choose to connect with that because sometimes, you know, when we go in, into like depressed depression or anything like that, we don't even, like you were saying, you can't even see through the pain. You can't, you can't even see through the pain to take it or to eat, to take food into your body, to take a shower, to, you know, whatever you can't. And so knowing that you deserve to, is a recognition I feel like we need to understand. And it took me a long time to figure that out. So I just wanted to share that piece with you. Um, peace, P-E-A-C-E. -E. Uh, right. <laughs> so anyway, um, is there, was there anything else you wanted to bring up or share or um, express? Like word, my, my kind of sort of rebirth express word. <laughs> No, I just think that use that, come back to that, write it down, keep it center, keep it, keep it like on my bulletin board, you know, have your word there when you're feeling disjointed, when you're having a bad day, look at that word. Am I living in the space that leads me towards this word? Yes. Yeah. You know, it is truly your compass, have it on you and, you know, it will change and, and, 
sometimes it's delivered to you. Mine seems to be delivered to me, but sometimes it's just something that comes up or sometimes it's just, you know what, you know what it is. You know what it is. Mm -hmm. Or you'll see yeah. it on a sign driving down the road or you'll see it on a license plate or you'll see it in a book. Or it's just it's a word that keeps coming up over and over and over and over and over to you. Yeah. You find yourself saying this over and over and over, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, pay attention to that. Yeah. Let it be your guide. Yes. Move you positively into living. You know, and I would say, we, I think we spend so much time and maybe waste so much time figuring out what our purpose is when if we just shifted to living with purpose or living on purpose. Wow, I have to write that down. <laughs> makes each day worth living because if we just sit here and wait for our purpose to be delivered to us, we are wasting time. <laughs> That's right. And you, okay, so looking for, looking for purpose versus living with purpose. What was the other... Or living on purpose. Or living on purpose. Okay. Yeah. Nice. I like that. Quote, quoted by. <laughs> <laughs> Sherry Dunleavy. Uh, Sherry Dunleavy. Okay. All right, Sherry, this was so powerful. Thank you so much. I use the word powerful because I'm trying, that's my other word. <laughs> it's like I'm trying to get into that powerful thing. Um, even when my little girl comes out and gets excited. Mm. Uh and I, I really, I so appreciate you sharing everything and giving, um, giving, you know, the suggestions out to the people that I've worked with over the, over the last, I don't even know now, five or six years um, to walk through this loss uh, that is not easy to walk through. So hopefully you guys got something out of that. Um, so really, I mean, to close out here, the la the one thing I just want you to share, I know, I, you, I think you have more than one, but um, if you could just share like one uh, link or so if people wanted to reach out to you to to, uh, to either take the class, you know, and start with the early grief work through your, through your, um, through your course. Well, I don't want to call it a course. What did you, hold on. Sorry. The Academy. Academy. Yes. <laughs> I wrote it down. I'm like in my own here. Well, I have a, I have a quiz that is, are you ready to graduate your grief? And you can answer these 12 questions and okay. let you. And, and then you can schedule a free assessment with me and we can talk about where you are in your journey and where would be the best fit for you. Because not everyone's going to have to come in as a freshman. You can come in as an upperclassman. In fact, most people I think do come in as upperclassmen. So, you know, that's, that's the whole point. This is the academy has been built and grief isn't just death. It's losing someone or something you hold dear right? We include ourselves and, when we change. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So um, you can just go to graduatinggrief.com backslash quiz. Okay. And take the quiz. That's awesome. Okay. And then we can decide. But yeah, um, it's built for to meet grievers where they are and move them in the direction for where they want to go. Wow, 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 wow. Where were you? <laughs> when I needed you in that space. <laughs> I understand. Okay, never mind. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Sherry, thank you so much for taking the time to be here. I'm so grateful and I really appreciate this. And um, for those of you who are listening to this, take it easy today. Take care of yourself. You definitely deserve it. I do too. We all do. Sherry does too. And um, thank you so much for being here. 
on the ride of my life. Have a great moment.